Welcome, Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast. It's a special Friday edition of the show. We don't typically do this too much, but when your Tampa Bay Buccaneers play on Thursday Night Football, we have a Friday podcast. So today's topic is where do the three and five bucks go from here? We'll further dissect uh, last night's debacle where the Bucks lost 27-22 to the Baltimore Ravens at home in Tampa. Uh, we'll also react to the press conference that we just got back from with uh, head coach Todd Bowles. A lot of stuff to get into. I'm your host, Matt Matera. Join with me as my co-host today is my fellow colleague at PeterReport.com, the always fun J.C. Allen. J.C., how are you doing on this lovely, lovely Friday? uh it's a it's a hangover friday if you if you will after last night man i just uh i'm doing well we freaking weekends here it's almost like a mini buy for ourselves as well we finally got a sunday off halloween weekend too which is you know which is a little extra mix into it as well so uh, you know i think it gives the bucks fans a little breather to you know collect regroup um maybe just not even think about the box for a little bit and watch some other teams uh, around the league. I know we have a matchup that uh, we're both very much interested on Sunday. I uh, want to say what up to everyone in the chat as well. Frank G says, howdy. Alien howdy, Macedon howdy. says, yeah, howdy, howdy. Alien Macedon says, what's happening? Daniel King quoting the great Byron Leftwich, no logic. And a couple others in there that we'll get to as well. But, you know, Scott and I did the, the Peter Post game show yesterday. Check it out on our YouTube channel if you haven't yet. Uh, but JC, just you know, give me your thoughts. You can go offense and then defense, or just general outlook of how things went yesterday for the Bucks. I'll just say real quickly, there's a lot of things to be frustrated or frustrated about. But for me, I think what's most annoying is the fact that it's the same exact issues for the Bucks that have hurt them over the last five games and not much has changed with that regard. But with that, uh, let's hear what you got to say. Yeah. I mean, I think you said it debacle, you know, (laughs) it's it's embarrassing. um, And it's, it's just not good football, Matt. I think we've, I've been on the podcast the last couple uh, Thursdays and I, and I've talked about technique and fundamentals is something that they really need to get back to. And, And, you know, that falls on the coaches um, that falls on the players, and we're not seeing it. The run game, awful on both sides of the ball. Um, you know, not not getting enough push on, on your blocks in the running game, not getting off blocks on defense in the running game, just allowing these guys to just manhandle you. And last night was more of that to the point where in the second half, the Bucks had the ball for six minutes, and the defense was just gassed. You know, they were gassed and you saw Todd Bowles likes to say players loafing out there and not giving it a hundred percent. And it's just demoralizing, um, you know, to watch this team that has been so good at putting up points and, and moving the ball kind of at will on their opponents the last two years to see what, whatever this <laughs> is, um, whether it's been penalties, wiping out plays, Donovan Smith had a big one yesterday, whether it's been execution, Mike Evans dropping a ball that hit him in the hands and then hit him in the gut, whether it's been Brady, who you know, being off and throwing 
throwing balls into the into the dirt and, and taking sacks. I mean, two of those sacks, he just took those sacks. Like the coverage was great, commendable to the Ravens, you know, playing without Marlon Humphrey back there. And, um, you know, the, the, the coverage was great. Brady just held on to the ball and, and didn't throw it away and, and took those sacks. I just, it wasn't his best game. You know, the only guys that you can really say had a good game on offense, maybe Chris Godwin, maybe probably. But he, gets, he, he gets force fed the ball though. You know, like oh, they're all screens that. He does a good job run after the catch. He had that big 44-yard gainer. Um, but a lot of it's manufactured touches for Chris Godwin, which that's fine. You know, he's almost better with the ball in his hand than he is as just like an overall wide receiver. But I absolutely not beating anybody. Him, man. He's not beating anybody. And they're they're using which is weird to say they're using they're scheming him open and like as you said manufacturing those touches for him and that's great you know he did have that one big 44 year old yard play but yeah i mean other than that rashad white maybe when they got him going in the second half i think trisha Wirfs is just something you don't even mention because he's just been stellar all year yeah. jack mason had a really good game and nick leverett nick leverett had a good game you know coming in for uh Gedeke. and i know the bar wasn't too high there but he did smith had some penalties you had uh Robert Hainsey just could not control a 6-2 defensive lineman. Washington, I forget his first name, who let three batted passes. I just don't understand that. you got to control your man. Um, and then the wide receivers and the tight ends, you know. Auden had the, the key drop on that two-point conversion. Um, obviously, they got another shot at it, failed at it. Play calling has sucked still. Those first two drives that were scripted were great. After that, just went down to the toilet. Um, you really can't point to anyone on the offense that really played well yesterday other than a handful of guys, three, four players. And then the defensive side, Shaq Barrett looked amazing before he got in. Oh, and that's he, what's so upsetting is he got hurt <laughs> after, but he looked he looked great. And we say that especially Shaq is like a streaky player and right. the sacks come in bunches, and he was balling out. You know, he was, he was probably the one. best defensive player up until his injury. Right, exactly. And Jamel Dean, I mean, Jamel yes, Dean, him too, him too. he's been a lights out, just a lockdown guy who's just, and when he does get balls caught on him, he's there to make the tackle. Uh, he's been great. Other than that, Ken O'Neill struggled in run defense, um, whatever that is with D Delaney. Mike Edwards was not, was not good. Uh, they're just, it was the, the defensive line bit. Yeah. Vita Vea got a sack, but then he got pushed around and then he was so gassed. He was out for about two and a half series. Yeah. I just, Joe Trinchenka had some shining moments. All right. He, he did. He got a sack. He had Lamar dead to write another sack. Couldn't wrap him up. Then he had a face mask penalty. Uh, fortunately that didn't lead to points because the blocks, the bucks blocked the field goal. Um, or that could have been, you know, something that was, would have weighed heavier on him, but Guys just aren't playing good, you know, and I see Zion, Zion McCollum, too. I mean, he's a rookie. I give him a bit of a pass. He yeah. did have that huge pass deflection yep. in, in the end zone on Mark Andrews, of all people, uh, that first drive after the whole Delaney Darden malfunction there on the punt. Uh, yeah. So he came up big there. And Levante, you know, Levante steady Eddie. He had a nice big pass breakup on third down to stop them converting. When I was filling out most impressive, Matt, I had a list. <laughs> In the first half, yeah. I had to delete half of them by the end of the game. And one of those was third down, third down defense. They were killing it. They were forcing them off the field. Like they were just like, boom. Okay. Even though they got down there and got that field goal because of the blunder, they stopped them at the goal line. Yeah. That's not goal. on, that's not on the defense. You know, like, they, they essentially shut it. They essentially shut out 
the Ravens in the first half because they started at the six yard line after they recovered the fumble on that uh botched fiasco. They had like by the one punt team. Third, sorry, they had like one third down conversion in like their first five, six drives. The Bucks just handled them. Yeah. And that's why again, the issues keep reoccurring with the defense just breaking down in the second half. And you know, the, the Ravens they rushed for 231 yards in the game. And like 200 of them were in the second half. So, but like five more guys. And I don't want a wide receiver. Yeah. Uh, and especially because the Bucks ran a jet sweep and it didn't work because they did it with a guy who's playing on one, playing with a guy on one leg. Again, I don't, I said this yesterday, I don't hate the jet sweep call. I hate that they gave it to Julio Jones. You know, use Rashad Perryman or Rashad, uh, Scotty Miller. You know, Darden, these are guys that, Darden as well. Had one last week, but I don't know everyone saw that he went out of bounds. But <laughs> I don't exactly know how much the defense deserves a lot of blame. There's there's no question there. But when they're on the field for as much as they possibly were, I don't know if we can get a full read on the situation because they had to keep constantly going out there and the Ravens held on to the ball. Now you can make the argument, well, you should have got off the field, forced a couple more punts. And that's absolutely true. But the offense has to hold up their end of the bargain too. And Outside of that first quarter, it's just like, where did it go? You know, they they actually looked like a functioning offense. They finally scored a touchdown in the first quarter. They were moving the ball, and then all of a sudden, they just got away from it. And it's so funny because all the time we ask, like, for, please throw the ball on first down. Please throw the fall, ball on first down. And now people today are like, they're not running the ball enough. They're not running the ball as much. And the run game has to be better. There's no question about that. 44 yards. They even lowered their league worst average, even with yesterday's uh, with yesterday's outcome. It's just a matter of timeliness of running the ball. I mean, they only had 15 attempts, and like half of them I didn't even come the after. First drive, Matt. Yeah, exactly. Carmen Vitale had a great tweet about that, and so you have to mix in the running game more. I'm not saying run it on first down, run it on second down and keep smacking your head against the wall. It is Matt. And they got to use Rashad white too. They have to, it has to be 50 50 at this point. Uh, Don't get me wrong. We love Leonard. A lot of, a lot of stuff that Leonard's done, but Rashad white looks, looks quicker. He's has better vision. He hits the hole faster. I mean, one of the highlights for the bucks, yeah, they had a couple shots downfield with Mike Evans where he actually held on to the ball. And, you know, uh, Chris Godwin had that catch and want run. But that other one was a short dump off pass to Rashad White where he broke Funny. a couple tackles, hit it up the field, and, um, you know, got like a 20-yard gain on the play. And that was exciting. And we don't really see that from Leonard too much. But we definitely get it from Rashad White. I want to get to Leo's super chat. In just a moment, but first we're going to talk about Celsius Energy Drinks, the official sponsor of PewterReport.com. So many different flavors from the Arctic, peach, and tropical vibes right there. You also got strawberry strawberry lemonade, the cola flavor, the cucumber lime, uh, peach mango, strawberry kiwi guava as well. So a, a ton of awesome different flavors. Seven essential vitamins. That's the key. It's the healthy energy drink that you can have. Helps you get through your day with that essential energy, whether you're working, doing a workout, got a lot of the stuff going on. Maybe you got to stay up late to watch a game, pop that energy drink. You're good to go there. And uh, another thing, you know, I just mentioned all the flavors. I'll put up the uh, the other picture here. You know, maybe you don't want to, you know, dive in head first. You just want to dip your toe in the water. 
that's cool. Go to Celsius.com, click on the store locator, find out where you can get a Celsius near you, your local bodega, as I like to say, uh, convenience stores, a lot of other different places have Celsius now, and just try one of them, you know? You never know until you try it. Um, but if you do know you want Celsius in bulk, go to Amazon and uh, do the subscribe and save. Have it sent directly to your house or apartment where you can uh, set it up every one week, two weeks, three weeks, however early or late you want it. You can uh, make sure you have a variety pack, which is what I would recommend. Get that variety pack because variety is the spice of life. Just make sure you're drinking Celsius energy drinks. That's that's really all we ask for. So that's a uh, Celsius hashtag live fit hashtag Celsius energy. Just send a picture, send it to us on uh, on Twitter at Peter Report, and we will retweet you. So uh, make sure you're drinking a Celsius energy drink. Let's get to that super chat from Leo, which we really appreciate. No Celsius for me today, Matt. I'm. I, it's one been one of those. We're we're skipping. Yeah, I hear you. Pirate Republic, the official beer of PeterReport.com. He's drinking uh, Long John Pilsner there. Leo says, Bowles not holding anyone accountable today was a problem. Brady looks mentally checked out. Devin channeling, (laughs) I believe he's saying Vernon Hargraves. Yeah, Uh, Vernon Hargraves. And uh, this team is a disaster. Well, they're definitely in free fall right now. Um, You know, losing, what is it, four of their last five? I'm, I'm losing count now they've lost five, in a row five of the last five, six. yeah five of their last six so uh it's really not been very good and you know we highlighted a lot peter reports josh capo had a fantastic video that you can find on our youtube channel peter report tv make sure you subscribe to that uh where he highlighted all of the mistakes of devin white um you know there were obviously tyler Limbaum, <laughs> tyler Limbaum. Yeah, that's yeah. You had to cut uh, some because it was going to be too exactly. long. <laughs> Tyler Limbaum took Devin White on a ride. That's an for, understatement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they hit you know Bayshore Boulevard, just cruising down there. It looked um, like the play from Blindside where the coach yeah, goes, "Where yeah. are you putting them? Where are <laughs> you putting right. them? Back to the bus." <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's really what it was. That's a good analogy right there. And then Josh pointed out something really frustrating too it was a screen to i believe devin duvernay it was, it was either duvernay or robinson and, duvernay. yeah and you see joe Tryantranka hustling after the ball carrier you see um who was it logan hall hustling after the wide receiver with the ball from the, the backfield from, from the backfield and devin white is just jogging along tra la 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 so you know, Josh noticed it. A lot of other people noticed it as well. And uh, Todd Bowles was asked about that today with Devin White, if he was just gassed, if he was loafing on that. And here was Todd Bowles' response to it. Giving that effort to test me. out loafs all the time. They're loafing. Some guys are gassed. Some guys are loafing. But we single everything out. In that instance, did you think he was loafing or was he gassed? A little bit of both. Todd, overall, I mean, Devin was the- A little bit of both. A little bit of being gassed, <laughs> as Common Sensei says, uh, he was bored. A little <laughs> bit of being gassed, a little bit of loafing. I mean, that play right then and there was absolutely loafing. And what's even more frustrating on top of that, frustrating might be the, the buzzword today, is, and I, I mentioned this yesterday, 
where he made he actually made a play. He he tackled Lamar Jackson after Lamar Jackson was scrambling, and Devin White gets up and he's like, "Yeah, you know, he's he's pumping himself up that he just made that play." The Ravens just got a first down, <laughs> you know, like they they're continuing their drive. It was ridiculous. Listen, it's not all on Devin White, but when you don't hustle on a play like that, when you're a captain of this team, and when you're cheering for yourself after the Ravens had the more successful play, <laughs> those are extremely, extremely bad signs. There's no other way to say it. There's no other way to say it. I mean, he, <laughs> this is your captain, people. This is your captain taking plays off, loafing around, and you're seeing a you're seeing Joe Tryon and Logan Hall run down a, a, a Duvernay from the backfield. They were already in the backfield and had to readjust, get off their blocks and chase him down while he's just jogging over there. I don't know what to do. I don't I don't know if the coaches know. At this point, Matt, I don't know if the coaches know what to do. They said they're going to have a meeting all weekend and players will be back on Monday instead of Tuesday, um, you know, just because they need the work obviously, but I don't know if the coaches know what to do. What are they going to talk about this weekend? That's really going to change things. What are they going to, what are they going to get um, to the bottom of? I don't, I I don't understand. Like it's players, it's coaching and it doesn't seem like anyone's really want, wants to take responsibility. No one wants to be accountable for anything that we just got to play better. We got to play better. We just got to get back to them and play better. You know, Uh, it's just, we're in a dark place, right? Yeah, you are. But what are you doing about it? What are you doing? Yeah. The last three weeks has been nothing. It's been the same crap over and over again. Sure, you came out and finally got your your first, first quarter touchdown of the year in week eight. Your first. But then it fell apart again. What are they doing? And it's just frustrating to watch this team with this much talent with, with just continue to. Re- it's insanity, Matt. It's doing the same thing over again, expecting different results. It's insane. Yeah, it really is. Let's stick on the offensive side of the ball here because we uh, got a super chat from Matthew. Awesome name. And Matthew, thank you for the $5 super chat. He says, Gage and Julio to IR. and Bring up Stearns. I think he means Geiger. Uh, and anyone else. And maybe they will finally be healthy for the last four games. We look creative early. Why did we stop? Yeah, I honestly think they should either put Julio or Russell Gage or both on injured reserve because Julio right now just looks like a shell of himself. And I understand he got to play today. Great. Made a touchdown. Yeah. He made a touchdown in garbage time. He wasn't a factor though. He made two catches for, I don't know, 20 plus yards. I think it was 21 yards. He had two drops, you know, one of them sure he had to die for, but you're Julio Jones. You got to make that play. That was when Tom Brady got hit with, um, with roughing the passer. And Mm -hmm. so it would have been like a 20 yard gain on the catch from Julio plus the 15 on top of that. But unfortunately, with the um, with the incompletion, it was only the 15 yards. And still, the Bucks were scrambling. It was kind of garbage time, desperation time, if you want to call it there. But Julio just doesn't look healthy. I mean, you even saw the the jet sweep we were talking about earlier. It took him like 10 minutes. It took him half an hour to get up, man. <laughs> you know. And then <laughs> I thought I thought he was going to be done from there. Uh, he Same. had the third most snaps among wide receivers because the Bucks don't trust anyone else besides. Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. So Julio was a non-factor. Russell Gage has been a non-factor outside of the Packers game. I'm not everyone wants to talk about Odell Beckham. We're not going to waste too much time on that. Why would Odell Beckham want to come here? What's right. the incentive besides, okay, maybe you can win the division and go eight and nine or 
you know, even worse than that, maybe be a seven win team and, and get into the playoffs. There's no reason why Julio would want to come here. So there's not a lot of other options. You know, this is this is what they got going forward. But I'd rather sit them and let them get healthy and try something else with, um, you know, with Brashad Perryman again than just seeing a hobble, banged up guys go. You know, this has been the case. And also, let me get your take on Tom Brady because. You know, the news came out today. Obviously, uh, Tom Brady and Giselle are are officially filing for divorce. We don't really have to comment on that uh, much further. It's their personal life. But Tom did not look good yesterday. He's not pushing the, the ball down the field. I don't think he's been terrible this year, but I think Brady does deserve a fair amount of the blame, too, outside of Byron Leftwich. We talked a ton about Byron Leftwich, but Brady missed some most open guys. Kyle Rudolph, he severely underthrew Scotty Miller. They got... They got bailed out because of the underthrow, but that was not by design. You know, that was more, that was more luck. I think Brady has to step his game. I mean, everyone has to step their game up, but as you talked about before, Brady holding onto the ball a little too long. Everyone's pressing right now, including Tom, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can tell that this team is just not focused. They're not zoned in. They're not, these are guys who've been playing. It's so weird. These guys have been playing with each other for two years, Matt. And the chemistry is off between him and Mike Evans, between him and Godwin. How? Like, how? How? <laughs> exactly. And I, I get it. Everyone wants to bring in a wide receiver. Well, we need to bring someone in, you know, to gauge it in, in Jones or whatever. The Bucks are already paying over $30 million to the wide receiver room this year. Like, you want them to add another contract? Any guy that they bring in, besides like a stopgap, mediocre number three, number four guy, I've heard, you know, Brandon, obviously Paul, our, our own Paul Atwell wants Brandon Cooks in the worst way. But there's another guy making $10 million. And then you look at around the landscape of the league. I thought Kadarius Tony would have been good, obviously dealing with some hiccups. But he's a guy who's got some speed and can give you something different on the outside. Uh, I don't know who they go out to get to, to, to bring in, you know, besides an Odell. And why would he want to come here? You're going to have to trade for someone that – that forces your hand or sign Cyril Grayson. Cyril Grayson's out there. He looked great I'm, last year. Uh, dude, I'm all for that. Not just because he's a friend of the program. Like you saw what he did last year towards the end of the season. And sure, it's, it, was it wasn't, it wasn't the most groundbreaking thing of all time. But when you've seen from Rashad Perryman, from Scotty Miller, they haven't brought much outside of Perryman's touchdown against the Saints. You need something else. You need an influx somewhere because – you know, Mike balled out in this game, even with his drop. You know, he had over 100 yards, multiple receptions, and it's still not enough for this team. There's only so many guys you can bring in at this point in the season because, you know, the Bucs are limited at the salary cap. I think they had, like, uh, over $3, three million. million. Yeah, and over $3 million. And if the chemistry's off with Mike and Chris. Right, yeah. Like, what are you doing bringing in someone new? Like, you think the chemistry is going to be better, you know, like even in a mini bye week? Like, no, it's not. Like, yeah, I, I don't. You know, Brady, Brady's going through some Brady went through some shit this week. Like, you know, he's signing papers and going over. Okay, I get this. You get this. My custody dates, this, that, whatever. Like, there's a lot on his mind. And he had to play in a short week and after coming off a loss and dealing with injuries and dealing like like there's a lot going on for, for Tom. But his play was still inexcusable. I mean, he didn't yeah. look like a four. It's not like he looked like a forty-five-year-old quarterback out there. That's that's not what I'm saying at all. He made some incredibly tight window throws, and he continues to get the ball out quick. He's got zip on the ball. I just think it's choices. Some of the choices he's making, and the line protected way better in pass protection. I still don't know if he's he's got that full comfortability with them yet. 
um, to trust them to allow plays to develop. And on the flip side, too, the Ravens played great coverage. Like, yeah. I, the guys on offense, the wide receivers, they're not separating. So Brady's got to settle for checkdowns or he's holding the ball too long, waiting for some to get open. I, I don't know. I asked Bowles about this or, or Byron about this last week. When do you start scheming guys up? We've been we scheme guys up since 2019. Oh, oh really? <laughs> oh, really? Like, um, you know, like, so I don't. I don't really know. They're trying to use Mike on screen passes too. Like that's not his game. Like what are you I, again? Doing? I, I tweeted this. I said this yesterday. I'm out on screens unless they go to Chris Godwin. I'm done with screens. You know, it didn't work with Rashad White. It didn't work. I don't know why they want to throw it to Mike Evans. Mike Evans, for all the great things he does, and he's still a great wide receiver. He's never <laughs> been known as a yards after the catch guy. So why are we? Th- why are they throwing? Uh, a screen to him. Now you mentioned some of the you poor choices. He's good, but he's not going to yeah. make people miss. You mentioned, yeah, you mentioned some of the poor choices that Tom Brady uh, made throwing the football or not holding on to the football. Um, there are a couple of choices that everyone here watching this show can make, and that is if you go to the Seminole Hard Rock Casino in Tampa, you can choose what you want to play. Whether you want to go to the slots, play blackjack, whatever it is. Head on over to the Seminole Hard Rock Casino in Tampa. Just the way you like it. Me and my wife decided we'll have some fun. I was playing a two-cent machine. Six bets in, I hit a jackpot. $117,000. Hi, my name is Tara, and I want over $500,000 playing slot. I do this full-time, and I would not change it for the world. I'm Gloria. I won over $2 million at Seminole Hard Rock Casino. I went and bought a bunch of jewelry. <laughs> my name is Mike, and I won over $350,000. I love playing back rock because it hits different. When you pull in that car and you flip over that nine, beating that eight, can't miss. I'm Jimmy. I won a half million dollars in a slot tournament at Seminole Hard Rock in Tampa. Even a blind squirrel can get a nut sometimes. <laughs> my name is Philip, and I won 215000 on Blazing Sevens. Put my last $40 on the table, next thing you know, bam, 215000 jackpot. I hit that bad boy. I didn't realize how much it would change my life. You only live once. Have fun with it, right? Anybody can win. It's Seminole Hard Rock in Tampa. You never know when you can win big, so check out the Seminole Hard Rock Casino right here in Tampa. It's very I think, close. Very I close. think someone should blindfold this Bucks team because maybe then they'll get a nut. <laughs> right now, yeah. they are a blind squirrel not getting a nut right now. Yeah. And it, it's been it's been bad. And you talked about some of the plays, the choices that they made, some of the choices they made with players out there, specifically on offense as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you look at how many snaps Lenny was out there for, how many snaps, you mentioned how many snaps Julio was out there for. Julio's banged up. Lenny's been ineffective. Yeah. You got to get Rashad White the ball more. You got to get him in space. And we talked about it a little bit more, but uh, as a running back in the uh, out of the backfield, get creative with him. Put him in the slot. He did a lot of that in college. Like, there's no creativity, Matt. I don't know what, what they're doing. There, there isn't. Uh, I will comment on Rashad White in, in just a moment, but want to say thank you to Frank G., for the 499 super yes, chat, he said the only highlight of yesterday's game for me was Matt Mataris, Chris Berman impression. Really glad you like it. I'll get it to you real quick. I just do like the. <laughs> <laughs> They're not gonna get them. Tick 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 tick. <laughs> They're not gonna get them. <laughs> so Frank really likes it. I, I guess he like it too. That was um, great. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway. <laughs> Thank you, Frank, for the uh, super chat. Asking you shall receive, you know. You super chat it, we we will do it. But to get back to your point about Rashad White, you know, I did the 
the snap count analysis as I do the morning of uh, the, the morning after every game that they play. And really one of the, the big things that stood out to me was the fact that the discrepancy in the snap counts, you know, uh, Leonard Fournette had, I, it was in the seventies. It was 79%. like 70, 79%. And that gave Rashad white, whatever equals a hundred, but it was in, it was in the, uh, the twenties from there. And that just can't be the case. You can't, I don't care if you're an NFL head coach, someone chilling with your friends, watching the game at a bar. You can't watch that game or watch the last two games and definitively say that Leonard Fournette should be out snapping Rashad white by over 50%, 55%, whatever it is. Rashad white maybe isn't the, like the most dynamic player in this offense, but he's pretty close to it. I mean, like we talked about before, the way he makes people miss, there's an electricity when he runs the ball and when they do run it, because <laughs> they don't really do that anymore. All right. They just have to, I'm not saying they got to treat him like a, like a Debo Samuel or something like that, but the more he's on the field, the better things happen. And I don't think it was shocking at all. I don't think this was a coincidence that when they were in two minute late in the game, again, more garbage time, but trying to make it a one possession game that it was mostly Rashad white in there as the receiving running back in the two minute drill, whatever you want to call it. He has to be on the field more. I don't, I don't really think anyone can make an argument for Leonard now. And Leonard does good things in this offense too, but he doesn't need to be on for 75% of it. No. And it was 72%. My bad. But still, if you look at the snaps, 49 to 18. Yeah. 49. How does he not get at least 20 snaps? Like, come on. Like, it's bad. And, and you know what? They're paying Lenny $7 million a year. <laughs> like, yeah, that's the that's the tough part, too. I don't know. I'm not Josh Capo, so I don't know how the contract's structured, if they can get out of it next year or if it's a two-year, then they can get out of it. But I do know one thing. whether Whatever, the, if they can get out of it, they're still going to be left with a big dead cap hit because they pushed a lot of money out, and they've done that. And, like, now you look at this team where they're at, if they can't, if they can't turn it around and make a serious run, I know the NFC South is still a very weak division. If you look at their their losses, three of those losses have come against AFC opponents. So it gives them kind of a, a leg up when it comes to because it goes by division, then by conference. Um, it does give them some bit of some wiggle room when it comes to seeding down the line if they can make it into the playoffs. If if they if they don't turn this around, they have this big chunk of dead money. No Tom Brady, most likely, and some really difficult decisions to make on the on the on on both sides of the football in order to ca- open up cap space and try to fix this thing. Oh, and by the way, Matt, they'll need a quarterback as well. I just yeah. don't. They're like negative forty something million dollars in cap space next year, and like Leonard Fournette getting seven million dollars when we all, Matt. I mean, I think you were at. I was at four. I think you were at like three. Like. Uh, that's like what you wanted to pay him. And they're just, you know, they're, they're paying him this amount of money and I get it. You got to just, you got to play him because, and we heard it last year. Remember we heard it last year. Well, the contract, I think Larry foot said something about it, about they got to play the guys who make it was, it was playing JPP. JPP. Yeah. It was playing JPP over Joe try and show you. Right. You can't have that philosophy. 
They need to open competition at every spot on this roster. And whoever the best man is, they've got to play. I don't care if they're on the practice squad. I don't care if they were brought in Tuesday. you got to get them ready to go. I mean, you look at last year, what Bowles was able to do, bringing in guys like Sherman and Pierre Desir and all these other guys, get them in on a Monday, have them ready for Sunday, and have D. Delaney starting out there. It, it just hasn't been the same in the offense. I, I, I just don't know. I I I don't know what's what they're going to do for coaching changes, and, and we're back on that again because I think Rashad White needs to get the ball more, and that's a coaching change that's easy to make. It's yeah. in front of you. The numbers right. are there, Matt. They are, and yeah, they have a number one running back on this team, and he's on a rookie contract right now. And Yeah, I remember. I think we all said it pretty much was like, oh, this is – that number's a little high, and it was for three years. Like, that was surprising because right. no one was really giving Lenny anything else. I, you know, he – he had that visit with the Patriots, but the Patriots have always been a running back by committee, at least for, you know, the last like five years or so. So, um, yeah, really, really, really surprising there. And, you know, a bit disappointing. Uh, Bacon Bob here with the comment. Any <laughs> thoughts on bringing in Jerry Judy? I like Jerry Judy as a receiver. I don't think the Broncos would part ways with them. I mean, they paid all that draft capital to get Russell Wilson. Um yeah, I would welcome him in Tampa. I just don't really foresee it as a uh, as really a possibility. Do you? I, I just, he's been inconsistent this year too. So you're getting another inconsistent receiver who's dealt with injuries in the past, and now you're trying to get him up to speed and chemistry with the rest of the offense. I think I've heard that teams have inquired about him. I don't necessarily know if he's on the block. Um, you know, we don't know until someone comes out like Ron Rivera did and said, we are not trading Ant Antonio Gibson. Yeah. Today. <laughs> like you don't know until so until a team. You know, but any, you know, doesn't matter. They can say they don't want to trade Antonio Gibson. If I come in with two first round picks, Gibson's out of there. So yeah. it depends on how badly a team wants him. I think he would, he could do well in this offense. I just don't know. I mean, they're having trouble with their own guys. So we've been in the yeah. system for two years. How do you bring in another guy and expect him to get up to speed? It's just, I, I don't know. I do like the fact though, that the trade deadline in recent years in the NFL has actually meant something like in years past, you wouldn't really see a trade in season and understandably. So it's, it's really tough to bring in a new player, learn an entire playbook and really be effective and, and, you know, a factor and make an impact on a team It really be like Christian McCaffrey. Like, Oh, that's a guy that's going to be a factor for the 49ers. And you see it like, Baseball, baseball, hockey, basketball. There's always a ton of trades at the deadline. It's a little easier to get more acclimated. Not the case with football, so but we're seeing it. Games. We're seeing a lot more now, which is yeah, a lot more games. We're seeing we're seeing it more, and I like that. I hope that trend continues. Thank you to Crimson FC for the 499 super chat. They say, Do you guys think Hendon Hooker, that's the quarterback for Tennessee, would be the Bucks pick uh for QB if uh I don't know how you say his last name. If it's Levis or Levi's, uh, you're talking about the Kentucky quarterback. I think it's, I think it's like the jeans, Levi's. Yeah, Will Levi. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the others are gone already. So it's funny. I was reading a mock draft from uh, Joe Mariano at the Draft Network, and he had the Bucks taking Hendon Hooker. I haven't done a ton of like draft mm. research and things like that, but what I will say is, I've been watching a fair amount of Tennessee this year because, you know, they're undefeated. They beat Bama a couple weeks ago. They are a super fun team to watch, and they obviously are very, uh, you know, offense heavy. You know, that that's they, they rely on their offense to score points, and they score 
a lot of it. And it's one thing when you go from like a college system to an NFL system, but you know, hookers got a pretty good arm. He obviously can move as well too. And I think as we see more and more in the NFL, you know, it's great when Brady can play to 45 and he's not done yet, but you see in today's age a lot more of the RPO or just having quarterbacks that still need to have a good arm but can just escape the pocket and right. be a threat in the running game too. I would really like to see Hooker join the Tampa Bay Buccaneers next season if Brady moves on. Uh, but, you know, there's still got to be a lot more film right. to, to to watch and everything of that. But I think it would be a lot of fun. He's a very exciting player. Yeah, I, and as, as people are pointing out, the only thing I know about him is he's old. He's like... He's 25 years old or something like that. He's like a year younger than Lamar Jackson. I haven't done, I don't get into my draft prep until maybe like late December after football. And, yeah. And let's, uh, let's just clarify the bucks aren't done yet. Listen, it's been really, really, really bad, but they will still only be one game out of first place in the NFC South. And until they change the rules in the NFL about division winners, getting a home playoff game, the Bucs could still be hosting a home playoff game. Right. And remember, and right, they were well as a wild card. So, I mean, yeah, it's not like exactly. they can't go, get, go on a run and get hot. It's just they got to turn it around. This is just, I mean, Bucks fans, you guys are used to this stuff. Like, you're not used yeah. to it with Brady, but you guys are used to this. Matt, you're with the Jets. You're used to this stuff. Like, Not anymore. Was, <laughs> not, yeah, go Jets. Uh, you know, for me watching Brady, this is like rare, rare territory. Yeah. Like it's never happened. Like this is the first time he's been under 500. This is the first time he's lost three in a row since 2002 or 2003. One of the, I think it's 2003. Uh, but like this is no 2002. Uh, first time he's been un- sub 500, I think, since 2003. One of those stats. But it's not something that I'm used to seeing with a Brady led team. And it, it's it's been weird and, and kind of difficult to watch. So, you know, I, I you know. I agree with Matt. It's not over yet. The fat lady is not singing. I mean, they still, yes, they have a very, very difficult opponent coming up in the Rams who have had struggles themselves. It's yeah. more about Sean McVay's been able to figure out bowls every time they matched up. And they still have, you know, Aaron Donald. They still have uh, Jalen Ramsey on defense. They've added Bobby, uh, Bobby Wagner. They still got some players on the, on that defensive side of the ball. Um, I think you feel a little bit better with Lavrette versus Donald than you did Gadecki. Yeah. Uh, but um, you know, and on offense, Cooper Cup still Cooper Cup. Matt Stafford struggled. That elbow looks like it's been more than what they were saying leading on to. Throwing pick sixes out there again. Um, but it's still a tough team. Uh, this team sucks at running too, to be quite frankly. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe that's good for the Bucks too. Uh, they, you know, Bowl said that they could be getting Akeem Hicks and Sean Murphy Bunting and Carlton Davis back this week, which would be good. Well, hopefully, Antoine Winfield Jr. will come out of concussion protocol obviously they'll still be out with logan ryan and speaking of logan ryan matt that's where these struggles i feel like really started to set in is when mm-hmm. logan ryan was gone his presence was not being talked about enough and his ability to allow bulls to use those three safeties so uniquely his ability to come up and run support um and just as a playmaker i mean he three turnovers he was he was getting after it and i think they're really missing him right now along with all the other injuries on defense yeah, he was the best free agent acquisition that the Bucs uh, made this year. And obviously, Scott alluded to this yesterday. They are really hurting without Antoine Winfield Jr. back there, who's been, with no question, uh, their best defensive player. And you mentioned that they play the Rams next week. I haven't seen the line just yet, but I would imagine they're probably an underdog uh, against the Rams, the way that the Bucs have been playing, which, of course, reminds me, 
of our good friends at Underdog Fantasy. Uh, playing at Underdog Fantasy is the easiest way to get some action on the NFL. That's with their pick'em game. You could do the rivals as well. Uh, just pick an over or under on your favorite or least favorite player stats, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. Underdog keeps it super simple with their easy-to-use website and mobile apps. You pick between two and five players to fill out your pick'em slip, get every pick right, take home some cold, hard cash. Use the promo code Pewter, that's P-E-W-T-E-R, get your first deposit doubled up to $100 by Underdog. Even if you learn from Plant City Math, you know that that's a pretty good deal. Once again, Underdog Fantasy, promo code Pewter, P-E-W-T-E-R, and uh, start winning some money. I came close to winning yesterday. Kate Otten didn't help me out with the receptions, and Brady just went over his passing yards total when, uh, again, they were in desperation mode late in the game. But you don't have to do it just for football. You can do it for basketball, hockey, the NBA, that is basketball. Uh, the MLB as well. The World Series starts tonight. Not that I'm too happy about that. Um, but yeah, you could play a lot of different things with underdog fantasy. So go and check it out. Tell us who you're picking because um, we're going to make our picks every single week and use the promo code Pewter to go get that extra money. I so lost. Another, you lost? What did you I, have? I had Mike Evans over five, Chris over six and a half. Lamar over 68 and Fournette over four catches. Okay. Don't get I, greedy. That's my biggest thing. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I was thinking, a winner, don't I, was go thinking I went a little, I went a little, well, because you get like the four times and the five times, and 10 right. times your money. Um, I did Gus Edwards over 45 and a half rushing yards, which was, I, I knew that was going to be so easy before that. I did over one and a half field goals for Ryan Suckup, which again, with the struggles of the Bucs in the red zone, seemed pretty good. And then uh, I did Brady under his passing yards and Kate Otten over three and a half receptions. So that's didn't come through. But I've hit a couple this season. So Me definitely too. looking forward to that's getting fun. back on the on the winning track there. It is a lot of fun. Uh, Giovanni here. Appreciate the super chat, my man. $5 super chat. Team lacks discipline and coaching. It doesn't help that TB12 had his worst game of the season. I hope this mini buy lets the team reset and come out strong. I thought playing on a short week was going to fire them up because they started, um, you know, that first quarter, that defense, they were rip roaring and ready to go. And I think they proved that even further by not allowing a touchdown after that fumble. But after that, they just rolled over. So maybe just getting a little time away, regrouping like we talked about, the coaches hopefully doing some self-scouting and evaluation hopefully can change things out, but I'm not overly confident about it. Thursday night football, short week home team. Usually that's, that's good money. <laughs> Usually that's good money, Matt. You know that Yeah. at this bucks team, just, they, they just didn't come out and, and handle it. I thought they were going to be, I mean, I picked them in Peter predictions. I didn't think they were going to lose three in a row. I just, I thought <laughs> they'd find a way to come out and, 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 I am now in last place in Peter predictions, by the way, uh, this year. So, I mean, we don't really, none of us really have great records. So no, besides uh, Josh, I think he's like four and four and three or something like that. Okay. He's, he's doing all right. But I, right. It, well, I mean, the Bucks have just let us down <laughs> yeah. week after week. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I think they have this weekend off. So they have Friday, Saturday, Sunday off. They're back in the building Monday. It's a time for them to kind of relax, 
Hopefully they're watching film. Hopefully they're staying in shape and working out um, and, and doing everything they can on their own before they rejoin the team. Um, but hopefully this is a little bit refresher, spend some time with family, um, you know, and just get, look back and just take ownership, take accountability, say we have to play better. We have no choice but to play better. We have Tom freaking Brady out here. We're always going to be in it when we have this guy, even when he's playing his worst games, we're still in it. They only lost by what? Eight points. Like not even, what was it? 22, 27. So that's five points. Yeah. They only lost by five points. They were in the game till the very end for the most part. Um, other than a questionable fourth down. I think you got it. That's another thing Matt. the fourth that the lack of guts to go forward on, on some of these fourth down situations has been mind bottling. Yeah. Uh, yeah, fourth and two, you're at midfield, and it's like, come on, show a little bit of guts and go for it. And then they decide to go for it on fourth and goal when they were down 11. It's like, well, you could have, like, kicked the field goal there and then try the onside kick, and you would have a lot more time. And they attempted to go for it, so fine, kudos to them. And then it's a false start penalty on Leonard Fournette, and they right. have to kick the field goal uh, because of it. But you talked a lot about, like, accountability and things like that, and yeah, it's like who's holding who accountable between the coaches and the players. And I think one big difference that we're seeing between Bruce Arians and Todd Bowles, and I'm not saying that everyone has to go by the script of Bruce Arians, but Bruce would call out players to us, you know, during press conferences. He wouldn't be afraid to do that. Todd is a lot more protective of his players. And obviously, Devin White was, a uh, we talked about him before, but bringing it back up, Devin White played poorly, and we all knew it. And so Todd was asked about that. Like, has his play dropped off? And I'm not expecting Todd Bowles to just be like, yeah, yo, like, sucks. he sucks. <laughs> He's terrible right now. I mean, I don't know what we're going to do. But <laughs> he really deflected, I would say, and, and put it more, more towards the entire defense itself and not Devin White. I was even hoping for a little bit, like, Play better, man. And he mentioned like some a couple fundamental things. But uh, here was Todd Bowles talking <laughs> about just the drop off of um, of Devin White if he has dropped off. Why he's not the same player? Right? I don't think it's been a drop off. I mean, this defense is a team sport. You're not going to be a star by yourself. There are guys in front of you and guys behind you. To say that Devin has dropped off and the defense has dropped off, I would say I wouldn't say Devin has dropped off. So. It's about playing together. It's about making your reads and doing the right things. He's doing a lot of things we asked him to do. I have no problems with Devin. That was a big thing at the end that people are paying attention to. He has no problems with Devin White. So, again, sticking up for his players, even though they were drawing at each other on the sideline yesterday. Right, and I asked him, too. I followed up and asked him, you know, with his struggles in the last couple of weeks. It wasn't just this week. It's been the last couple of weeks, you know, not being able to get off blocks. Uh, is there any time in this scenario where you maybe take a look at, uh, you know, Farukazi? Farukazi. Um, and he pretty much said, Devin's our starter. Devin's our guy. And, you know, a lot of the guys had, had struggles on defense, and I don't think it's fair to pick on Devin. Okay. All right. <laughs> but, like, when he's, getting, when he's getting blindsided all the way, you know, 20 yards down the field on a pancake from a rookie center and not being able to get off a block from a rookie tight end, a late-round rookie tight end, or what was it, fourth-round maybe, fourth-round rookie tight end, when you're supposed to be one of the best of your position, one of the best duos in the league, a pro bowler, a guy who wants a $100 million contract, 
I mean, maybe it's time to call some of these guys out, Todd. Maybe it's time to call Byron out. Maybe it's time to, and I feel like he kind of called Byron out semi about yeah. the whole, he's like, you know, when we asked him about the running situation, he's like, I talked to him about that. And well, obviously we all know him is Byron Leftwich. Um, but like, I, that's where I think BA is, is missed is calling these people out publicly and putting the pressure on them publicly to go out and perform. And, you know, so far they, they haven't done it privately. So maybe that's somewhere where he needs to make a change and start letting these guys know, hey, you're not playing well, and I'm going to let the world know it. And if you don't want the world to have that perception of you, do something about it. Change it. Yeah. Yeah, very well said. Um, another – I don't really have a transition for this, so I was going to say another public place that everyone can go to is Pin Chasers. <laughs> We're a really big fan of Pin Chasers. Um, a great night out with friends and family. They have so many great different deals. That's what is really awesome about it. All you could eat pizza, all you can bowl, dollar beers, multiple different things. So go to pinchasers.net, find out what deal they have for you. You can book your kid's birthday party there. The kids can bowl. There's an arcade area, so they can play some video games too. The food's very underrated from the chicken tendies to the nachos to the pizza. Uh, all great stuff there. And Start booking your holiday party. I know Halloween is, what, Monday? And it's Halloween weekend. But the, the holidays in December, those start uh, coming up very, very soon. So make sure you book that sooner rather than later. And also, the Bucks don't play this weekend. Head out there on the weekend. They have a great uh, brunch special and, and brunch food that you can go and get. Uh, which seasons. not many other bowling alleys can really offer. So this place, Pin Chasers, is more than just a bowling alley. It's a great day or night out with friends. Go to pinchasers.net and reserve a lane, book a party, or book that holiday party like I was talking about. Matt, I think as we wind down this show, uh, I want to shout out Harvinder. I think he's got a great question, and I kind of want your input on it. Um, and, and I'll give my two cents, too. Um, you know, he points out we listed all the problems, which we've done for about three weeks now, Matt. Um, but yeah. are there any actual answers? Is this team and coaches simply not good enough this year to win a championship or to really compete for one at least? Yeah. So we talked about this on yesterday's post game podcast, and I'll, I'll stick to a similar answer of what I said. Um, I would I would change offensive coordinators. I know it's not a 100 percent on Byron Leftwich. I said that this morning when I was on WDAE. It's not 100 percent on Byron Leftwich, but. He does shoulder a lot of the blame. So I would just get a new, fresh look in there. There's a couple of different candidates that the Bucs can go from on, on the coaching staff, but I I would mix it up, get a new play caller in there on the offensive line. I would permanently put Nick Leverett as the starting left guard. I would put um, the receivers, Gage and Jones, I would just put them on IR or at least one of them, let them heal up. Make Rashad White, maybe not the starter, but at least a 50-50 balance there on the offensive side of the ball. On defense, it's tough to make a lot of adjustments with with all the injuries they have going on. Like, who are you going to re replace Zion McCollum with? You don't really have that option. Right. So there, outside of um, – I listen, I understand the why people want to bench Devin White with the way that he played terribly last game. I just don't know if I fully have faith in <laughs> oh. Olukunle Fadukasi just yet. So a lot of my changes would be towards the offensive side of the ball. And defensive side, it just got even worse. We haven't even talked about it yet, but we can get into it now. 
Shaq Barrett's done for the season. We mentioned it yesterday because he had that Achilles injury, but it's now official. He's out for the rest of the year, unfortunately, with an Achilles injury. That's about seven to nine months of recovery. So I was doing the math earlier. He's not going to be back until August, like in training camp. So, you know, we had that same thing with Chris Godwin about will he be ready? Won't he be ready? We're about to have that again with, with Shaq Barrett, uh, unfortunately. And, you know, we wish him a speedy recovery because he's a great guy and a really good player too. And so that's unfortunate. So Anthony Nelson will be the starter at outside linebacker, but Carl Nassib will, of course, be rotated in there as well. But yeah, those are those are some of the, the options I would go with. Um, what about you? Yeah, I mean, I think same same along the same lines. You know, Luke's got to Luke's got to stay on the bench uh, with Leverett starting. Uh, I think you move on from Bowles. Um, yeah. I don't necessarily know if you need to put Gage and Julio on IR uh, because I don't know who are the options. I mean, let's make let's be real here. I don't know if Kalen Geiger and Devin Tompkins are making a huge difference. I would like to see them incorporate Scotty Miller more, maybe even Jalen Darn a little bit more. Rashad Perriman is who he is. He's not, you know, he, he he's good for a couple of plays and then he's bad for a couple of plays. I don't think he's a consistent guy. And neither are those other guys. Um, but I, I think you need to get them more involved too. It's too easy to double team Mike. And with Chris Godwin still coming back, all he, he's not all the way back. You can tell. No, he's not. He's all not. Way back. He's not. Um, and he's never been a huge, like, get separation guy. He's just been able to do things to, to, to get open. Um, I, I think that he's he's another guy. Maybe you bring look and look at bringing back Cyril Grayson on offense. Um, you, Kate Otten's tight end one. I don't care about what happens when Cam Brake comes back. Uh, run the ball out of wide receiver sets more. It's, it's a lot of play calling stuff. I think they can do a lot better with defensively. Maybe it's time you make the call to Sue. I, I know Akeem Hicks could be back next week. Maybe you see what do you want, but at, at the same time, like what kind of shape is he in? He hasn't been playing football. And does he want to be here at this point? Again, exactly. with all of the issues there, like he's already been chilling for the first, what, eight weeks of the season. I don't think he's going to be running back to join a three and five team that has right. a multitude of issues, not just one. It's all over the place. Right. So I don't know what the difference. Maybe you, maybe you sign Mar Mar Marlon Davidson to the Mar Mar Marlon <laughs> Davidson to the practice squad, former second round pick for the Falcons who they released and see if he's got anything there. At this point, maybe Steve McClendon. I don't know. Something's got to, you got to bring someone who's going to be stout against the run defender. Josh Capo had an excellent point too. move. Beat a back over center. Stop trying to yeah. stop trying to do different things with him in this game. Um, and I would really, if I'm the front office, I'm looking for a pass rusher. I'm not, I think JTS has been fine. Um, but if you can get Bradley Chubb on a year rental and then, either, you know, get a comp pick for him next year, because I don't think they're going to be huge spenders in free agency. He'll go for, you know, you trade maybe a third, then you get a third in 2024 for him through the comp, comp system. I think maybe that's something to look at. Same thing with Josh Allen, potentially, uh, and make a splash there. I don't know what you do. Maybe bring in a safety. Maybe Jabril Peppers. Who's yeah, more that, that, that safety is another one that I forgot about because uh, Ryan's going to be out for a while. Concussions are always not doing it. Concussions are always, uh, you know, a scary thing that you can't put like an official timeline on with Antoine Winfield Jr. So, yeah, uh, that's another one definitely that that they should look into. Um, so that's about know. going to, to wrap things up for us. Just want to remind everyone that next week we'll be back with the Pewter Report tailgate show followed by the Pewter Game Day show. 
the Celsius Peter Report tailgate show presented by Age Rejuvenation and live at Walk-Ons. We'll be at the Walk-Ons in Midtown when the uh, when the Bucks play against the LA Rams. Of course, their uh, crazy games last season and the year before that. Um, so should be yeah, the Bucks are entertaining to say the least. Uh, whether they make you laugh or they make you cry. Uh, but that'll be going on next week at 2.30 for the tailgate show. And then I'll be live with a guest for the game day show for all of the um, in-game reactions, analysis, and everything along those lines. And also, please, if you guys don't mind, just uh, make sure you follow us on our social media, at Peter Report for Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's Peter Report TV. Like I mentioned, Josh Capo had... An awesome video yes. highlighting all of the issues of Devin White from last night's game. We had the Peter Report podcast on there, various clips from press conferences, and uh, a lot of different content up there. So uh, please like, subscribe, and do that. Appreciate everyone in the chats today, giving their comments, a couple super chats in there. Thank you to all of you Thank guys. You. So um, for JC Allen, I'm Matt Matera saying thanks, everybody, for watching. Have a great weekend, and we will see you on Monday for another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Out. Out.